Hello, Happy Hunters. We're your hosts, Jonathan. And Molly. Today, we are joined by Athena Garcia, who has learned to infuse her silly personality with her corporate job and practices enjoying each moment since becoming a mother. Athena's son's autism diagnosis rocked her and her husband's life, but ultimately, she has moved forward with action and a new awareness of the world. I don't think I would have survived or sustained long-term if I can't relax and be me. We just want to take a moment to tell you how much we love one of our sponsors, Nature's Head Composting Toilet. When we renovated the bathroom in the camper, we got rid of our old flush toilet and made the switch to a composting one and could not be happier. I did have some reservations at first, but Nature's Head has thought of everything. With minimal parts and easy assembly, installation was super simple, and when it comes to emptying, it is a breeze. Plus, there is no odor. With all the time we spend outside, we know that each small action makes a big difference. So my favorite part of using a composting toilet is how it's waterless. Did you know that the average toilet uses three and a half gallons of water per flush? Just think of how many gallons a day that is. Our composting toilet helps us conserve water, and it's so easy to use. We actually purchased our toilet months before Nature's Head Composting Toilet was even a sponsor. For more information, go to natureshead.net. That's natureshead.net to get yours today. On this week's episode, Athena Garcia is sharing with us all about how she practices mindfulness and gratitude even when she's afraid or uncomfortable. Athena has had to learn how to really be herself, let go of control, and start to enjoy her life because, hey, life is short and it feels good to be silly. Athena, we are so excited to chat with you today. You are such an honest and inspiring woman. You have a corporate career and yet still make sure to play and not take yourself too seriously. You have a son on the autism spectrum and a daughter who is showing you intense parts of yourself. We can't wait to chat more with you about what makes you happy and your path to joy. Welcome. Thank you. You have a very full life, but you said you're happiest when you get to go on adventures and be silly. You say grown-up life can be so boring and stressful that sometimes you just have to play tag and target with your husband. (laughs) Have you always given yourself permission and space to play as an adult? I would have to say no. (laughs) I go through phases when it comes to my level of play or level of taking myself too seriously. The initial parenthood phase is a big shock. I was trying to adjust to like, oh my God, like I am really responsible for this little person forever. Um, (laughs) So it it was taking me a little bit to adjust to that. And I was struggling with it, going to work and struggling with being a parent. So I just had like a breaking point, but in a good way, I am going to do the best that I can. Like everybody else is in the same boat as me, parenthood wise. Do what you can and enjoy this because, like, life is so short. You have to have a good time because you're going to be gone. And I know that sounds a little probably morbid, but, like, <laughs> we all die, so enjoy it while you're here. <laughs> so it's sort of like when I take that approach, then I can have a really good time. With your children, you say you love to walk backwards, eat silly snacks, call each other silly names, and one of your greatest joys is listening to music and dancing together. 
You have a son on the autism spectrum who is minimally verbal, but you two can truly connect over music. You said this brings you so much joy. What does this kind of happiness look like? Oh my gosh. So as you were just talking about it, I was thinking about him. I automatically smile. Mm. I can't even explain it. When I first found out that Pluto had autism, I was shaken up mainly because I don't know what this, I don't know what his future's going to look like. I don't know what it means to parent you. Are you going to talk? Can you have a fulfilling relationship with someone who doesn't talk to you? I genuinely didn't know. So I feel like our relationship is so special because he's taught me so much, like how I can bond and be so close to someone who, like, the most he asked for is music and Cheerios, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's, that's the extent of his language. So, but I put on certain songs, he sings. Wow. And it's just so great to hear him trying to sing along with the songs, looking in the eye, and we just cuddle, and it's just a beautiful experience. I'm connected to this person, but we're not saying anything, and he's mispronouncing all the words, but he's <laughs> trying, and I love it. Like you said, when your son was diagnosed with autism, you and your husband didn't know what his life would look like or if people would judge and criticize him. And you said that those times were deeply unhappy for the both of you and that you were just scared for him. Are you still afraid? And how does that impact your happiness? The fear that I had was not that there's something wrong with him, but just that people are going to judge him or treat him differently and that he's going to struggle. Because when I look at him, and just how he fits into this world and how he interacts with the universe, it just feels sometimes like the world's just not made for him. I do, I do feel fear for him, fear for my daughter as well, but in a different kind of way. So I think it's like a natural parent experience. And I think what makes the fear go away, or at least diminish the fear, is knowing that I'm trying to take action, give him the tools to do the best that he can. Because I see that he wants to interact with other typical kids. He just doesn't know how. He genuinely just does not have the skills to go up to someone to start playing the way that I just saw with my daughter. Intuitively, she just knew how to do that. She gets the social aspect. And for my son, he just goes up and he gives like very long hugs (laughs) and screams in their face because he's so happy to see them, you know. So we're just like, okay, what do you need right now? And I feel like taking it from a day-by-day step. How can I help you? Like, what is a mom I can do to help you? Do you need more speech? Let's see if we can get you more speech. Do you need to be around typical kids? Okay, let's do that too. And I break it down instead of like a lifetime experience to you were four. <laughs> what can I do for you now? It definitely diminishes the fear a little bit. Yeah, as you said, there is nothing wrong with your son, but that learning that the world, I guess, as you said, isn't designed for him has to yeah. have really shaped the way you look at the world. Totally. And you said that you are taking action day by day, you know, just small things chipping away. What kind of actions do you take or experiences do you participate in to honor those feelings? And are you trying to build a world that's more suitable for him? My husband was a stay-at-home dad for a couple years to really help him. He was getting 12 hours of therapy a week. And my husband was like, right there like he was practically Mm. like a therapist and I would come home and he's like this is what I learned this is got to do it was so amazing to have him there like it was critical talk to his teachers he has such a good relationship with his group of therapists like they love us we love them we're all in this together like team on pseudo which is great Mm. um so we learn from them we know what's going on at school they tell us like hey check this out we tell them we really want to change this this and that and they're like yes we're on again we're on the same team like what can we do to help Mm. you and then when it comes to My job, the newest one that has really been very fulfilling is that we have ABA therapy is one of the top therapy for kids with autism, and it's not covered by our insurance. So we have these things called employee resource groups, and myself and another woman, we started a small employee resource group for caretakers 
of kids with special needs. And we started having conversations with our HR benefits partner. And we just found out like two weeks ago that ABA is going to be included. Oh, my God. In, um, in next year. Yeah. So like all like 5,000 employees are going to have access to be able to get this. Little things that I'm doing in different areas. So like at home, with school, at work, and then play dates with my friends and their kids and just socializing it. They're so wonderful. You say parenting is so hard, and I don't oh have children, God. and it terrifies me to no oh extent. <laughs> like, I can't even begin um, to, to just say, wow, you're incredible. But you said that your daughter is a tiny, intense uh. <laughs> version of yourself, but you love your life as a mother so much. How do yeah. you balance yeah. the good with those challenges? Uh, I'm learning. I'm trying to figure out how to balance. Um, <laughs> as they're getting older, we're kind of getting into like a groove. So my son was born, and then 16 months later, my daughter was wow. born. So we had two that were close, but also very different developmentally. So it was like really stressful. And you have like these two new beings living with you, and they're like, I got to get to know you <laughs> and figure out how to do this. It's so hard, and it was like such a struggle. But I think kind of being real about it, like this is really difficult. As like they've gotten older, my husband and I are sort of learning the tips and tricks of how to stay productive grown-ups and how to stay like happy and useful. We need a date. <laughs> we need some time away from you guys. So yeah, so I think that's helping me like get to the point of balance is, okay, I need some friend time. You, know, you want to go to the gym and then we can come back like refreshed and recharged to, uh, to handle the meltdowns of the little girl. <laughs> You currently hold a corporate job, which you never imagined for yourself since you bounced yeah. around in so many different odd jobs. Like you told me you were a pilot at one point. Um, yeah, it wasn't a job, but I was in school. I was in, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was definitely going to college. I got my pilot's license in high school. Wow. School, so. you, you actually thought you were too silly for a corporate career, but you <laughs> found out that you actually really like it a lot. Have you had to yeah. re-examine some truths you previously held about yourself to consider a job like this? Yes, and I feel like I'm still doing that on a regular basis. Rediscovering what it means to be in corporate America and rediscovering myself and how I fit into corporate America and reconciling things. My own preconceived notion, if you're going to work in corporate America, you have to be like a stuffy old white guy. And I almost got here by accident, and it was a part-time temporary job just to see what it's like to work in an office building. It's just challenging because it's a big organization. We're working on some complex problems that affect so many different people, and I'm working with so many different people. That is really appealing to me because it's a challenge that I like. And I think also this idea that you can't be silly. I think I created like silly with immature, and that's mm. not the same. I thought that if you were silly, you couldn't be professional. Like the two didn't go together. And I, I think professional is more about respectful and to the point and being a good communicator. That doesn't mean that I can't make jokes. I don't have to have a work self and out of work self. I can kind of have an integrated me and show up to work and still be <laughs> hella awkward and silly, but get the job done. How have you infused yourself into this job? Was it hard to be happy in this kind of like normal corporate America yeah. office building yeah. job? In the beginning, it was. I'm like a big extrovert. Like I have a natural big personality and I can't keep it stuffed <laughs> for that long anyway. I'm going to make some weird joke on a call and talk too fast. Some people have found it refreshing. It's like, oh, okay, they like this. I'm recognizing, oh, this isn't a bad thing. It makes it a lot easier if I can get along with people to actually come together to meet whatever the objective is of our group. And I think the more that I'm talking about myself and who I am and my kids and what I'm doing, 
you just can't help but kind of be yourself. I don't think I would have survived or sustained long term if I can't relax and be me. I don't think I would have been able to stay here. With your career, you said you practice happiness in the moment. Your job works for you right now. You don't necessarily identify with it and you don't know if it's a forever fit so much as a right now fit. How do you practice staying in the moment and appreciating that this works for now without getting too caught up in the future? Prayer, meditation, practicing awareness, what I have right now. There's just like a sense of gratitude. I have a boss that totally understands that my kids come first 100% of the time. But I'm through to his school schedule because he goes to like an autism school. So he would get out of school at 2 and the bus drops him off at 2.30. And finding somebody to come to your house from 2.30 to 5 is way harder than you would think. So I had to explain, hey, I'm very sorry, but there's going to be times where I have to work from home. He was like, I don't care. Wow. You know, you do a good job. <laughs> and again, he jokes, if you can't get the job done, then you have to put your kids up for adoption. I was like, <laughs> we're on the same page. This is great. You know, if you have to change your schedule and work from six to two, we're a global team. So that might actually work out better for everybody else. So that's like my core values of my family. And then also my personal development and being able to have my opinions and expressions heard. And I think all of that is is kind of met where I'm at, which is really great. You've been in recovery from drugs and alcohol for over 10 years. You said the Mm -hmm. process of removing the drugs and the alcohol and then transforming your thinking has been the biggest determinant in how happy you're going to be. What exactly do you mean by that? Yes. I just don't think happiness is possible (laughs) unless 10 years ago when I was literally dying and I have no other option. I literally had no other option and I was so terrified because... I was so in it that I couldn't imagine my life with or without it, but I, I just didn't know what to do. And it was like, I guess I'm going to try this sobriety thing. It sounds stupid and crazy, and I'm going to suck at it, guaranteed. I went in, and I got sponsorship. I got really good sponsorship. I remember the comment of, this is the most important decision you're ever going to make for your future. I didn't understand that. I was like, you're just saying that. Removing the alcohol and drugs, and then learning how to keep the alcohol and drugs out of my system, and learning that it's not about the alcohol and drugs. It's just like I just do not know how to live life sober. Like I don't have like the basic skills to live a happy life sober. And I needed to learn from other people who were like, "There's a lot of work you're gonna have to do. You're gonna hate all of it, but I guarantee you, you will find a way to find joy in the stupidest things." And I was like, "Oh God, that sounds so ridiculous." But if this doesn't work, I can always go back to drugs. So let me give it a try. There would be no happiness. Like, I don't even know if I would be alive. You said, um, you just said it again, that recovery helps you enjoy those mundane moments. You said the mundane moments with your kids helps you avoid fighting with your husband when you're convinced that you're right. And to keep your materialistic ambitions in check when they're starting to distract you from what's really important. That's huge. How exactly do you do this? People who've literally been on like death's door from addiction, there's the second life. You literally are given like a second chance. And I know when I'm complaining about my bills or if the pipes burst or something, you know, I'm not in like the, oh, thankful for this moment, you know, (laughs) it's like a daily practice. Like I said, I have to constantly practice awareness and practice like mindfulness with like prayer meditation to just like keep me in the moment. When it comes to the little things with my kids, these are, these little people are gifts. I thought that my body was dead inside and there's no way that I could actually create a child because of everything that I've done for so many years. So I've been given these little people and our conversations are so silly. With my daughter, we're talking about, I'm like, what do you want to do? And she literally says, I want to go to Target buy a bathing suit. That's a great idea. And I just love hearing what she has to say because she's so excited and surprised about Earth because she's new to it. It's just so cool. Talk to her about that. When it comes to not arguing with my husband, 
I feel like that's the more difficult one. Having a long-term relationship is really, really hard. Building a life mm-hmm. with another human being that has different ideas and opinions and thoughts is hard as hell. But again, through sponsorship and through constant inventory and checking myself and learning self-restraint, it's going to be a bad idea to say this, even though your head is like, blame him right now. And it's practice. I would love to say that I do it perfectly every time, but it is practice and it's through the support of the program that we're all kind of like learning this together. And then not being so focused on money, I have to make a conscious effort to stop and recognize how awesome my life is. Like I own a house. That's so cool. These things that were totally impossible for me over 10 years ago are now realities. We have these little fun traditions and these little activities and these things that we're doing to create memories for my kids. And it has nothing to do with how much money I'm making. We did a vacation with the kids. And it was stressful. They're too young to go anywhere cool. So we need money for vacation. Let's go to the mall. They love that better anyway. It's constant work and effort to check my own ego and to check my drives and to make sure sort of my objectives are rooted in the right thing, which is just to, to be like a bright spot, to be like a good person to, to everyone I'm encountering. I love that you find joy and peace in those little moments. And you said that finding comfort and acceptance, no matter what, letting go of expectations of more or bigger or better, losing fear and worry and just feeling okay. These are all gifts of your recovery. And you Uh believe that control is counterproductive to the happiness goal. Do you have an example of when you let go of control and happiness became more accessible? Probably the biggest one is just my kids in terms of I want to control their future and I want to control their okayness. I want to make sure that they're okay, right? And I think that's every parent's goal is like, I want to make sure you're happy. I want to make sure you're safe from harm, that you're not feeling any pain. I want to make sure you're okay. I like would drive myself crazy trying to manage their experiences and their emotions and their everything. And I remember I had a conversation with my sponsor. She's like, you got to treat your kids like responsibilities you love them and you are there to share your experience and to offer what you have and to help them. But the results and what they do with that is their own experience. They are your children, but they are separate from you. They are separate individuals. Even if they are 100% reliant on you at this moment, they are going to grow up. They are going to lose that reliance. And I started laughing because I was like, that's so perfect. And I feel like when I do that, and like when I take that approach with my kids, it's better. They're going to get hurt. They're going to feel pain. They're going to have a life. Yeah, that was really helpful. Well, we've come to the silly but equally important question component of the interview. Cool. Are you ready? I, I am like, so ready. I feel like this was made for you. <laughs> like, silly. Okay. <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like there's actually a lot more pressure on me this time than normal <laughs> to deliver in this silly area. What yeah. would make a better date? A shuffleboard championship or a hot dog eating contest? Uh, I'm going to go with shuffleboard championship. Wait, am I participating or am I watching? Ooh, I mean, I was thinking watching. But actually, this question is way better if you're participating in both of these. Redirect, you're participating (laughs) in both of these. So if I'm going to say participating, I'm going to go with shuffleboard because I like to be active. And I would, if I was doing a hot dog eating competition, I would want to beat everybody. And then I would just make myself really sick because I would literally (laughs) eat like 71 hot dogs. That's awesome. So, yep. (laughs) Good. Choose, choose what you would win at. I love it. What is the best road trip song? (gasps) Oh my gosh. Um, I'm just going to say right now, because like I said, I do like me and my kids, we are music fanatics. 
Um, and so on the weekends, if my daughter takes a nap, we'll just drive around because my son loves being in the car with me. And I used to love road trips. So I'm like, this is so awesome that I get to share this with him. And he's really obsessed with Lizzo's juice right now. So again, I would recommend, you probably don't know it. No, I don't. Listen to it after this podcast. Yeah, Lizzo's juice. Lizzo's juice. That's my thing. Yeah. Oh my God. You've given me so much to think about. I'm just so thrilled. Okay. Last question. Puppy breath or baby breath? I'm going to go baby breath mainly because I'm just recognizing that my kids are older. I'm doing the, the typical mom thing where I'm like, they're not a baby anymore, but they haven't been babies for a while. Um, and I'll probably keep doing that for like 10 years. So I'm just going to go with baby breath. <laughs> Maybe you need a puppy to like satiate yeah. the baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't uh, puppies are puppies are hard too. Yeah, probably babies are harder, but puppies are hard too. <laughs> Athena, is there anything else you'd like to share about happiness? Happiness is so much about subtracting everything, subtracting your goals and agendas and the ego and fears and control and just being. Like I feel like when I can just be, that's when happiness is at its peak. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing just so openly and honestly with me. Your perseverance, commitment to joy and fun makes my heart light and happy. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can just feel Athena's positivity and energy radiate through this interview. And just listening to her voice makes us smile. We normally talk about adding in practices and routines for happiness, but what could you subtract today that would bring you more joy? Results, outcomes, ego, control. What are you afraid of right now? What kind of action could you take to diminish the fear? Are you being real and honest with yourself about what you need and what you want? Join the conversation on our Facebook group by searching for a Happy Hunters podcast discussion group. There you can find fellow Happy Hunters to share your thoughts about the episode, share your similar experiences, and connect with others. Plus, you get to share your answers to our silly questions from this week. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode and have found a little bit of inspiration to accompany you on your happiness journey. We are a brand new podcast and could use your help so others can find the show. Please subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Tune in for new episodes every Tuesday. You can also support the show by supporting our sponsors. If you know a happy someone who we should interview, head to iconoclasticwellness.com slash happyhunters to nominate them or yourself. Find us over on Instagram at Molly and Jonathan and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Our Tiny Mess, to stay up to date on our RV adventures. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.